Hello, everybody. This is Jordan Pacheco from the Glad Chad Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. And um, I'm going to hop right to it. Let's go ahead and talk about the hard truth about pornography, <laughs> the subject with every man wants to talk about. I want to do a series on reclaiming Catholic masculinity. And I think this is an episode that Rudy and I are going to do, or a couple episodes, and then some individual kind of side tropes that I wanted to discuss. Because as we know across the culture, authentic masculinity, just like authentic femininity, is under attack. And there are a lot of forces of darkness which are conspiring to make sure that it's not uncovered. So nowadays, it is the norm. It's perfectly acceptable. We hear the terms all the time, cuck, soy boy, all that kind of stuff, toxic male. Uh, but I know a lot of guys who have disappeared into pornography, into video games, into anime, into all these sorts of pleasures, and they don't do what's arduous. Part of what being a man is, according to um, St. Thomas Aquinas, is to do what is arduous. And that's for both our soul as well as the bodily mortification that we do for our, our, our bodies. So being a man isn't just looking good or growing a beard and all the externals. But I think being a man, first and foremost, is about the spiritual life, the ardor of real serious spiritual life. And I find one of the reasons why you'll find women decry, well, what happened to all the good men is that uh, we've abandoned a lot of the spiritual ardor in, 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 uh, in search of pleasure, in the pursuit of pleasure. So with all that being said, let's talk about what I think is the number one reason why you as a young man, even as an older male, but especially as a young male, you're having a difficult time keeping yourself in a state of grace. The church has done a very good job over its history to an extent about the theological reasons why pornography is wrong, but I want to go a little bit deeper and maybe hit it on a more human level, um, an iteration of what the church teaches. So, of course, porn is a mortal sin. Why is it a mortal sin? Because as we've heard in catechism, as we've heard other places, it deprives you of your dignity, right? It reduces the sexual act to an abuse, just a, a, an object of your most bestial pleasures, you don't need another person, right? There's no talking of the marital embrace or anything like that. And um, it's degrading, of course. What happens is that as men, we look at these women and oftentimes when you're looking at pornography, you stay on a video or you watch a compilation, but you don't stay forever. You're not there to learn her name. You're not there to cultivate a relationship or family, get married. You're there purely to use her as an object for your own satisfaction. And the biggest thing is something we don't think about is how damaging pornography is to women too. Unfortunately, as I'll get into a couple of plugs later, um, there is a great uh, feeling of uh, sexual distress across the entire culture. And what's happening is that across many marriages, pornography is the main reason they end in divorce, a lot of relationships ending in pornography, uh, huge rises in erectile dysfunction, whole psychological and physical sorts of problems. But one of the biggest things is to the dignity of the woman and the dignity of the man. And essentially, we've turned woman into an object, right? Sex slavery is real, and we partake in it by looking at pornography. Oh, but Jordan, it's consensual and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 because slavery is an interesting evil. We should not sell our bodies for anything. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, as God says. And what we do is we say, well, I'm going to cast aside every amount of virtue and grace and dignity that you have as woman, right? Why do women veil at mass? Because we veil what is sacred. So God has a very soft profundity in his heart for women. But now you're just an object of my of my sexual desires and any appetite that that means. So, you know, we'll we'll get to it later, I'm sure. But uh, 
one thing that we talk about with pornography is its relations with all sorts of reasons for sexual distress across society. So you want to talk about contraception. You want to talk about abortion. You want to talk about human trafficking. It all comes down. You want to talk about child predation, right? You want to talk about the really weird, sick, perverted lusts that people are beginning to have, right? Cuckoldry, open relationships, you name it, right? My Little Pony figures, it doesn't even matter anymore. Um, it all has to do with the fact that we've had an enormous revolution happening, especially in the last 20 years with the rise of video and high-speed internet. And as men, we don't talk about it. So I know that you as a man sitting there have looked at pornography, right? They always show these stats and it's like 94%, 96% of men. I know it's 100%. And I know that it's something that you struggle with. Maybe you're not a daily user, but I call it the two-week tango where you're doing great, right? You get out of the confessional, you're, you're confirmed. I'm not going to look at porn again. Maybe you have some inhibitors on your phone or wherever you, you look. And, you know, a week and a half, two weeks later, you're bored. And one of the worst parts about understanding the sin that leads us to pornography lust is that this one in particular is born out of inaction. You know, this is born out of our ultimate spiritual and physical sloth. And why? Because you don't need to do anything except type a few characters on your phone or on your laptop to get sexual gratification. So let's take a step back and, and analyze a couple of things. We see that the dignity is deprived of the woman, but what does it do to the man? Earlier, I said that I know a lot of guys who have disappeared into avenues of pleasure like pornography. So nowadays, science is catching up to what the church has always taught. So we are now realizing the effects of pornography. And there are wonderful videos. I'll, I'll see if I can link them down below. Um, Steven Crowder has a great video about the, the scientific damages of pornography. Um, Glink, who is a YouTuber, has a great video on NoFap, which I'll get into a little bit later. And of course, Matt Fratt has uh, Matt Fratt has led the charge on uh, pornography and resisting pornography. And of course, he's been very instrumental for people getting off of pornography or getting the help that they need or the sort of systems that they need in place to to greatly reduce uh, looking at pornography. I never considered myself a, a porn addict, and even nowadays, um, I will say two things that I don't think. I think that there are people who are more lost, more addicted. There are people who won't fight whatsoever for their soul. But I know, especially for me, the great hypocrisy and shame that I feel because I know better. God has formed my conscience properly. The church has been very clear. And also, I'm in a, a wonderful, loving relationship, right? So um, I, I will say that I, I do have inhibitors in place that have helped me greatly, but it's not like the urge just never uh, dissipates completely. And even with, with um, programs, right? They, uh, Covenant Eyes is a huge one, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. One of the problems is that it rises out of boredom. It rises out of out of sloth. It rises out of laziness, right? You you know this looking at this video. You know that you could get up when you have an urge to look at pornography. All you need to do is get up. If you get up, walk around the house, do something, go work out, right? If you just go, go walk around, for heaven's sake, taste some fresh air, your chances of partaking in the sin are greatly reduced. We all know that, right? There's this dialogue and trifo that works inside my mind every time I try to push my systems. I'll tell you that right now, right? Because I'm not 100% free. I want to be. I want to be. I want to lead it into my marriage, right? I'm, I'm doing way better. I don't know if I ever was like the worst of the offenders, but I think that once is too many. And because of all the reasons I've said so before. Um, but the damage that it does to a relationship and the physical damage, we all know this, right? You quit looking at pornography. Maybe you've just ejaculated. And there's this great amount of overwhelming of shame and of this, this 
your head is in this fog all of a sudden. And if you are a repeated porn user, right, if you, and it's always linked with masturbation, right? So it's not just a viewing of it. It's also linked directly with self-abuse. Why is masturbation self-abuse? Because our sex organs are created in a fulfilled purpose, of course, to be united with our wife. Okay. That's why God created us. We, we are, we are partakers wonderfully in, uh, in sex and, and the purpose of sex, of course, is procreation is to bring forth life. So you literally frustrate the act when you take away any of the procreative elements. This is also why contraception is wrong, by the way. Um, and then look at it deeper. No longer do you actually need, uh, your wife there to partake in in divine intimacy in in that human intimacy that results in life right you just you have your right hand you have whatever toys or whatever you have you know what i mean whatever you do i know that you do it i'm not gonna sugarcoat it and um that's all that you need so you remove woman as an actual physical being in that equation it's all about you and your own gratification and as we'll see a little bit uh this is rising across the culture and it's causing so much problems hookup culture a huge thing um I want to talk about the brain fog a little bit. There is something wonderful about being off of pornography and things seem a lot more clear. And there's a lot of reasons for this. So psychologically and physiologically, being off pornography means that your testosterone is going to be up, right? Um, Glink's video on NoFap is really good about explaining that. There's a huge rise in erectile dysfunction and low testosterone across our culture right now with men. And I was listening to a call today with a, uh, I guess he's a family counselor, and this woman was was saying, help, I'm trapped in a sexless marriage. And it had been going on for years. And she talked about, you know, when, when we were dating, um, you know, he, I know we looked at porn. So I we'd look at it together and we'd get ideas and I'd try to perform and all this kind of stuff. And never mind sex outside of marriage for a second. But I want you to see what's happening here. You see, maybe for any women who are watching, let me, let me become the sudden representative of my poor sex and just explain it flatly. Men are very visual creatures. Okay, so we're not looking at this as oh wow yeah this is a this is a tooltip and I'm gonna write this down and I'm gonna now become a better a lover of my wife. What's happening is that we are going to always make that comparison. Okay, and the fact of the matter is that normal women, your wife, your fiance, whatever it is, right, in terms of image, are not competing one to one against the porn star who has sculpted, shaped, bolted on, whatever you want to call it to her body, 105 pounds and always begging for you, right? I mean, that's what pornography is. It's, I have to do the littlest amount of effort for getting sexual gratification. Because look at the look at the pros and cons, right? Like if you're trying to live a chaste life, a pure life, if you're trying to go about it the proper route that the church prescribes, you know, there are hoops you got to jump through before you can sleep with a woman, at least that's what it sounds like, right? So I have to cultivate a friendship and a relationship with a woman. I have to care about what she says. I have to be willing to lay my life down for her. I have to have not just Eros love. I have to have agape love. And then on top of that, you're telling me that I have to get engaged with her, get betrothed to her. I have to go through pre-cana. I have to plan a wedding. I have to actually marry this girl, live with her, promise that she's the only one for me. The church doesn't believe in divorce. This is the only thing I'm going to get. I mean, forget it guys say. And so you see this, this is a strain sometimes um, in some of the MGTOW crowd, some of the MGTOW crowd. Men go their own way, which is, look, uh, it, women are good for three things, cooking, cleaning, and you know the other one. And you'll see this all the time. Like, look, I'll I'll totally partake in hookup culture, these guys will say. 
right? A woman will come over and service me and then she leaves and I don't have to worry about having to actually deal with living with a woman because cultivating a relationship with a woman is difficult. There's a reason why it's a vocation. Vocations aren't supposed to be easy. Just like the priesthood is not easy, married life, cultivating yourself for married life isn't easy. And sex is wonderful, right? It, it's it's good, right? God created us. He created our our, our pleasures. And we we're, one of the incidents of sex, right? So the purpose of sex is procreation. But one of the incidents of sex also is that it feels great. Um, I'm a virgin, so, you know, so I, I wouldn't know just yet. But I, I have a, you know, an, an idea, uh, you know, and it's supposed to, you know, it's for procreation, of course. And, of course, the second purpose is the uniting of the couple, right? It's to bring husband and wife closer together. That that in partaking in the in the marital embrace is an uplifting of the sacrament, and those things can't ever be divorced, right? So what we do is we objectify, we place this on ourselves. We say, well, I'm going to make sure my own gratification is the highest order. Okay, so what this has led to, very funnily, is there's a huge rise in erectile dysfunction amongst young men. It's like a 25% increase, and those are just the guys who will actually admit to it. And so, yeah, I do think that there is this rise. As we see the collapse of marriage, of course, there's a rise of people not being satisfied in, in their love lives and their marital lives. And never mind the marital part, even for a second. There are a lot of, of cohabitation couples, and that's, of course, an attributor to the great uh, sexual revolution, which is a sexual devolution that we've had. Um, they keep doing study after study. They show that um, couples who waited till they got married, uh, who are living out a, a very Christian and Christ-centric marriage, enjoy a really, really wonderful sex life, right? And the happiness levels are up. And what you see is that, yeah, for men especially, libido is such a huge thing. And maybe you've noticed this, right? You look at women differently when you are addicted to pornography, when your brain is on pornography. That fog doesn't leave, right? And you wake up in the morning and you have to have your fix, okay? And you go to work and you're just waiting to get home. And I know this about you. I know, because I am you, right? I see it in your eyes. You know when you're timing yourself. Well, tonight I'm going to be home at 7 o'clock and I go to bed at midnight. So I'm going to go ahead and turn on incognito mode at 11 o'clock. You know, I, I know you. Don't don't even lie. I know exactly what you do. Right? Because because I've been there. Okay? And you get in this fog and what happens is that women does become an object. And at the same time, by the way, your own relationships with the woman of your life collapses. So it's not just all about her, obviously, but you can't, it's hard to cultivate it because it's always a comparison. If you get off pornography, let me tell you one of the great things. The brain fog clears. Everything is so much clearer and your testosterone levels go back up. So what happens? What does this mean for a man to feel his testosterone? It's hard to describe to some of the women who are listening. It's very hard to explain, but you feel like a man, okay? Suddenly women become women they become attractive but you are you're compelled almost to want to cultivate a relationship right you'll find yourself becoming a better boyfriend a better husband a better fiance if you get off pornography she's no longer one of many women she is the woman right it's like lady dulcinea de don quixote out of all the women this is your pedestal this is your wife god has deigned that she is yours right and you are hers and there is no other pleasure that comes in between that there's nothing that frustrates that act Another thing I want to talk about is, you know, there we live in a culture of sexual uh, devolution, right? There are now articles, and I'll see them all the time. They'll be in Huffington Post. They'll be in Slate. They'll be in Cosmopolitan. Oh, 100 things to have a better sex life, and watching porn with your spouse is one of them. 
watching porn with your partner, right? Because marriage doesn't exist anymore, especially to these people, is one of them. So it'll teach you new tips and tricks. And you'll hear this is like the number one complaint from people who refuse to get off pornography. I'm, I'm using this as an educational tool. I don't know if you've known this, um, but porn is not there as a sort of cold scientific study of anatomy. Okay. Sex isn't rocket science. You know, you can have a very vibrant, healthy sex life without looking at pornography. Um, God willing, I, f I fully anticipate that. So, and one thing that we realize is why isn't it? Because what you are looking at, you are this weird third party bystander to two people who otherwise wouldn't even be together. Now, I want to talk about a book real quick. This is The Porn Myth by Matt Frad. This is probably, I would say, currently the best book on, on pornography. The, the tagline is Exposing the Reality Behind the Fantasy of Pornography. And this came out, I think, about a couple of years ago. And what's cool about this is that it approaches the industry of pornography the, the physical aspect of it, the psychological aspect, the emotional aspect, and finally ties it to the cultural aspect of pornography um, in a very, I would say, a very scientific and a very balanced light. They use the testimony of porn stars and ex-porn stars. They talk to men, whether they're scientists, doctors, uh, men who have recovered from porn addiction. And um, it paints this picture of just how damaging we're talking about with pornography. One thing you have to realize is this. Um, like you, I was exposed to pornography probably about the sixth grade and I was over at a friend's house. I have another friend and he just flipped it up on his phone. Must've discovered it recently. I'll never forget that scene. I'll never forget the names of the people, you, you, all that kind of stuff. Right? So I'm fortunate because in today's generation, there's more technology, there's more high speed internet and there's more access to the internet. And I know a lot of parents who don't have any idea what their kids watch or how to hide it. It was easy, but it wasn't as easy when I was that age, that fifth grade, sixth grade kind of level, right? Um, and if I'd known how much damage that it was actually going to do, and again, I, I would not characterize myself as like the worst of the worst, right? But I, I would say that once is too many. Um, you know, I wish that I had known the things that I know now because in confession, maybe you'll get prescribed something like, um, it's this pamphlet called Breaking the Chains, right? Ending Your Addiction to Internet Pornography. And it's a very good pamphlet. Uh, I have it over there somewhere, I think, in my small uh, library. Um, but a book like Exposing the Porn Myth is really good about really making you understand that shame, that disgust that you feel. So one thing it talks about, of course, is that these women, and by the way, living in, in Los Angeles, as I have, you'll see these ads pop up on Craigslist like this. Women for scenes, model for scenes, has to be okay with erotica, has to be okay with nudity, and you know exactly what it is, right? Uh, Hollywood or um, uh, the San Fernando Valley is the, is the home of pornography. And so what you get are these horror stories inside this book about... Uh, high drug use, high abuse rates, doing the scene over and over again, hours at a time, no intimacy, no love, no understanding of woman's role, and her just kind of servicing all for for money, right? The love of money is the root of all evil. And, and being disgusted, right? And again, I've talked about abortion rates. And nowadays, especially because uh, people say it's because of COVID, but I think it's also just because of the nature of how the digital media has moved. Um, pornography is being decentralized. Right. So this is where something like only only fans comes into play. What is only fans? Oh, you know, that normal girl who goes to school. Well, she can get on a webcam 
and she can dress up and do whatever she wants. And there are these men who will come and they'll pay money, a lot of money. And I always hear people try to brand it up as a really noble kind of good thing. Oh, she's just trying to feed her family or something. Um, no doubt that that's true in some cases, but I would say that your soul is more important than even food. What is the price of your soul? Is the price of your soul $3,000 a month? Is it $300 a month? Is it nothing, right? Some people don't get paid at all. And it's not a matter of money. It's a matter of virtue. It's a matter of chastity and purity and really understanding and recognizing our roles. Um, and I'm all over the place with this one, but this is a, a topic that I'm, I'm very passionate about because I see how destructive it's been or, and can be. So, you know, it talks about, this book talks about uh, exposing the horrors in that kind of way, the the high drug kind of use, right? The, the, the great sadness. Um, you know, we all know the stereotype of daddy issues, but a lot of these women have very deep psychological kind of problems. You know, they have this deep longing for something or they never learned um, the proper understanding of, of sexuality. Many of them don't have father figures in their lives or if they do, they're distant. And so um, porn becomes this insatiable kind of cure for something. A lot of them are heavily addicted to porn themselves. And getting out of the industry is not as simple sometimes as just flipping a switch when your entire persona is around that. Um, imagine what it's like to be a porn star and not being able to go to the grocery store without every 15-year-old boy uh, gawking at you. Um, I know that can be a very difficult thing, I'm sure. And the amount of spiritual decay, right? Because lust, as we know, is it, it's circle one of Dante's Inferno. And we know from Our Lady that more souls go to hell for lust than all the other sins. And how easy it it is. I, I believe that pornography has to be the number one mortal sin for young men. And I don't I know I don't want to just leave out women, but again, this is kind of talking about capturing Catholic manhood and masculinity. Um, but I do know that porn use among women is on the rise. And there are plenty of stories online and in this book on how pornography has ruined a uh, woman's perception of herself, how it's ruined marriages. And I've talked about all the little fallout aspects that pornography entails. One thing that's really devastating is it's never enough, right? The scenes that you were watching, right, when you were 13, 12, 14, now I know it's younger, right, um, are not the scenes, if you're heavily addicted, that you're you're getting used to. There are more ideas that pop into your brain, and they become uh, even more profane. They become even more perverse. And so by the time you, you meet maybe a godly woman and want to cultivate a relationship, you don't actually know what that means. I want to talk a little bit about um, hookup culture because this is where we're at now. A young woman can swipe right on a guy on Tinder and she goes over to his dorm or over to his house and they watch Netflix and they chill, right? And then she services him and he doesn't have to call her back. And this might sound like a hyperbolic example, but there are plenty of articles Plenty of articles written from from these women, right? They're journalists a lot of time. Hmm. And they're written in places like HuffPo and they're written as Slate and they're written in Vice. And they only are out of hookup culture because they realize it's not good for, some of them, are, they realize it's not good for emotion. Some people just don't have a clue. Um, it's terribly unfortunate. It's terribly unfortunate that for some strange reason, they brand the sexual revolution as supposed to be this great liberator of women. Look, you have the pill and you have divorce and you can take your top off in a movie or in a scene and it's perfectly acceptable. Um, and that's feminism, right? Feminism is this great liberation of women. And 
in every instance where they they cry feminism like this, I only see the wanton destruction of women. I we the psychological, never mind the physical, but the psychological damages of things like abortion, right? The psychological damage of things like being used as a uh, as a spank bank by uh, men from all over the place for the sake of money. You don't think that this weighs at all? Never mind the fact that the soul just gets destroyed. And this book, again, is just filled with these really unfortunate stories. Um, well, I, I went into pornography. I tried to do it light because I want to take care of my daughter, says one one woman. And from there, it just kind of descended. There was more money. There's always something better. Um, and now, because of OnlyFans or community pages on porn sites and all that kind of stuff, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, um, you know, there is this great poll to say to women well, why would you go into student debt? Why would you try to cultivate? Why would you try to be arduous? Why would you try to meet a man and fall in love and have that kind of stuff? You can snap your fingers if you're pretty enough and you're going to have all these guys come to you and you can do as much or as little as you want, but it's got to be lewd. It's got to be erotic. And the more that you do, the the more successful you're going to be, the more paid you're going to be, the more dirty you're going to be. And there's a video by Glink who's been very, very good about uh, men's rights issues on pornography. And he does one recently on only OnlyFans. And he talks about the guise of OnlyFans. And what's funny is that in the world where we're most connected, we are the most isolated. We're the most alone. There's never been a higher rate of loneliness and uh, young suicide rates and high rates of medication than ever before. And again, it's because there are so many men and women I know, but there are so many men who escape into the world of fantasy, who escape into the world of um, of addiction, who escape into the world of pornography, and they can't simulate what's real and what's fake anymore. And so you might be sitting and watching going, okay, look, I only look at pornography once a month and I never pay or anything. But do we realize that this is a, a, a multi, I think it's a billion, but we know it's very, very high million at the very least uh, industry that we're talking about here. And there are these stories all over of these guys who sink their money, sink their time. Um, I was listening to this counselor today, and the guy who he's on with had an addiction to webcam girls. And he said, look, I'll sink tens of thousands of dollars into this over over a year. I make a, I have a high-paying job. I'm in my late 40s, right? No one would suspect this of me. But he started reading erotica when he was in college. And look at this. He's now in his mid-40s and can't cultivate a relationship with a woman. You don't think porn has something to do with it? You don't think fantasy becomes reality? Do you, And, you know, I talked a little bit about child predation. I'm not saying that if you look at porn, you're automatically a child predator, obviously. Um, but look, one of the most popular sections for pornography is teens. And, um, and we know what that means by perversion. We all know that there are terms, uh, barely legal, for instance, uh, where we want to scratch the surface. One of the most popular fantasies for, for guys is the teacher-student classroom kind of setting. And so what we're doing is we are, we are blurring this line between children and adults. We are blurring the line between the sexual proper reality of touch between for children and adults. And if you don't believe me, how is it that a movie like Cuties can be released on Netflix in 2020? Well, and, and people aren't shocked about it. And if you are shocked about it, if you're outraged about it, and rightly so, they say that this is just right-wing uh, traditional Christian agitation. And I say, well... I thought we were all supposed to be on the same page about protecting children. But magically, right, she turns, oh, well, you know, she turns 16 and uh, and it's okay. I'm going to make a little pass for that. When I was little, I watched a lot of To Catch a Predator. And, um, you know, of course, those guys are 
going after uh, mainly girls, also boys, uh, between the ages of like 10 to 13, right? Because they're not pedophiles. Pedophiles have a have a particular age range. These are child predators. Um, but what's very funny about that or unfortunate about that is they ask them about their internet use because this is in the early 2000s and we're just getting high-speed internet. We're just getting the, the building of the whole porn empire as it exists, right? It's not just in print magazine and in lewd shows uh, at the movie theater. And um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of these guys are addicted. And some of these guys have family. Some of these guys have daughters their own age. Um, and it's it's all just a horrid cesspool. And again, part of the reason why I've taken steps I've done to get off pornography is because of the shame and the disgust that's, that's filled in. I'll never stop thinking that the female form is attractive. That's not the purpose of being off pornography. In fact, it is good if it's oriented to its right purpose that we find the female form attractive. God did make women extremely attractive, okay? I think my fiance is the most beautiful woman on the face of the earth. And I literally have to wait eight months to be able to, to rightly uh, see all of that. Right. And, and that's okay because that's what, that's what, that's what God has asked of us. And it's worth the wait. And one of the things that makes a different cultivating a relationship with a real woman versus pornography is that it's worth the wait. Sex and a proper sex life and marriage is worth the wait. If you're off pornography and you take that into your marriage, you're going to have a happy life, right? Happy wife, happy life. Your wife will become the only woman of your desires. You will not have to stack her up against all the porn stars and we know their names, you know? And it's unfortunate because um, I think that this is a talk that we don't have with, with enough fervor. And only now are we really beginning to find the right ways of saying it, but only because there have been so many lives that are broken, so many lives that are destroyed. Um, and it's all because again, we've divorced the idea of sex and marriage. And we, from there, we have divorced the idea of sex and love. Do you remember this nursery rhyme? First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby and the baby carriage. And that's literally common sense. That's how it's supposed to be. That's the right order of things. But what have we done? Well, we got rid of the baby carriage first. So we said, you can be a married couple and you can contracept and that's perfectly okay. There was a whole thing. I think it was in the twenties where a lot of the Protestant churches flipped on this, right? Something that was a universally acknowledged Christian thing that we don't frustrate the act of the marital embrace. Um, and then what happened? Okay. Well that disappeared. And then what disappeared? Marriages disappeared. Divorce rates, annulments went through the roof and then the roof caved in. And we said, okay, well, as long as there's love, that's okay. Right? As long as it's between two consenting adults, who cares what their business is? And now we've completely destroyed love. Right? Heroic love, love which waits, love which is patient, which is kind, right? which understands things, love which wants to will the good of the other as the other, doesn't exist anymore. Or at least it's very, very hard. And um, you know, the great unfortunate thing is that I think the Catholic Church in its teaching is a great believer of true romantic love. It's no coincidence that some of the greatest Catholic cultures were the French and the Italians, right? Lovers all, right? Uh, and that was like the sins that they had to curb in. But it makes a lot of sense that that there's such a wellspring of joy and there's an okayness to sex and sexuality as long as it's righted properly in marriage. Um, and porn completely destroys that. And before you know it, you are now partaking in human trafficking. Oh, well, I, I don't think that, Jordan. Like all these girls I see are, are consensual. No, dude. No, they're not. Um, girls do porn. We all know what that is. Um, what happens is 
uh, and other there are other kind of famous things, but you know they'll fly a girl to Bahrain or in one of the other places, right? And they'll essentially strand her there until she performs something. Um, there are other examples I can give. I don't want to be extremely graphic, but I, I if you take a step back and just think about what's going on on screen, um, you know, you realize that it's not consensual in that way. This they're not dating, they're not married. You're not just taking a peep in on the bedroom of a married couple. Uh, and oftentimes we're actually going for, uh, people are going for pornography that is the polar opposite of that. There's been a rise in in rape porn, right? There's been a rise in um, in um, in the candid. There's been a rise in, in kind of like secretive sort of stuff. I can't remember what that's called. I'm sure it's called something. Um, there's been a rise in abuse and people getting their fix, the more abusive there is. So there's a lot of hitting, right? There's a lot of, of pain sensory sort of things. And um, it's unfortunate because again, it how degrading it is, how degrading that we've become like the beasts for our own uh, bestial pleasures. Uh, you know, it's tragic. It's terrible. And I think about my own soul and I think about the soul of my children, especially my sons. It's going to be difficult. It's difficult to walk back from that brink, but it's possible. And so I'm going to cut this one a little short. This is something that Rudy and I are going to be talking about. If you are looking at pornography, not if you're addicted to pornography, because I know everyone wants to say they're not an addict. If you're looking at pornography, you're looking at it too much. You need to stop. Okay. Christ says, if we look at a woman with lust in our heart, which we commit adultery. Adultery is a mortal sin, by the way. And there are plenty more tacked onto it. I will say this. I use covenant eyes. I have covenant eyes on my phone. I have covenant eyes on my laptop. I have covenant eyes on my main computer. And just the fact of having a blocker isn't just enough. What's good about Covenant Eyes, and I'm not being sponsored by them, but I think that they're extremely effective. From what I'm reading, they, they probably are the best in the business at the moment. Um, what's great about Covenant Eyes is that you have an accountability partner. So, um, you know, it doesn't always block. There's two kind of levels. You can do the filtering or you can just do the accountability report. But what's cool about that is that you get this generated report and your partner gets to see it and you can't just uninstall or anything. And by the way, if you think you can do a workaround, it's very difficult. Um, you can go in incognito mode and it can't take pictures, but it will tell you on the accountability report that you went to incognito mode. And we all know what that means. So Covenant Eyes, I think is a great way. You need a good accountability partner. Um, when I asked, when I asked Rudy is my accountability partner, right? And when I asked Rudy to be my accountability partner, um, it's funny because I didn't want to because I knew that it was going to help fix some of my behavior, right? Because having a brother who really loves you, cares about you, who wills the good of yourself to the kingdom of God, that's the kind of man that you need. Um, and I, I'd say, look, you can you can use your spouse, but I think that you really should have a great male brother, uh, somebody who you can really lean on because this is a really difficult topic to talk about with women. And uh, oftentimes they see the fruits of it, right? They can see a man who's off pornography and what that might look like, a leading and a virtuous lifestyle, or they can see a man who is, who is a slave to his passions. And no woman wants to be with a man who's a slave to his passions, which is why, um, you know, there are so many other problems in marriages and in relationships that are caused. But you want somebody who is going to love you enough to tell you that you need to stop, that God has made you for bigger purposes. Um, and so it's effective, right? Nothing is 100% foolproof, but you'll find that uh, highly effective that your old habits really can die hard. But I think that every male, certainly every young man, 
needs covenant eyes or or needs an accountability partner software it's not enough to make the pledge that you'll never look at porn again if you really want to set yourself free breaking setting setting the captives free that was the name of that little book um you often get a confession for this but if you really want to liberate yourself it's time to man up a little bit part of masculinity is doing what's arduous and really really freeing yourself so just do it it's it doesn't take up too much battery space you're not going to notice that it's there um and you're going to feel proud of yourself there's some real great joy about making it to the end of the week and saying well i have not looked at pornography i wanted to but i didn't um and instead i'm going to take that energy and i'm going to work out right i'm going to eat right i'm going to cultivate a proper christ-centric relationship with my fiance these sorts of things so that is probably the greatest resource you could have if you don't have an accountability software you need to get it. Trust me. The greatest thing you could ever do. And then really consider pick up a copy of, of The Porn Myth by Matt Fratt. I know it's kind of difficult to see. There it is. Um, it, it's, I mean, this is one of the best books I've read in the last year. Very eye-opening and um, very good about recapturing our disgust that we should have for what occurs in the porn industry. And I'm not just saying that and like judging the women and the men who partake in that sort of way. I want everybody to come to Christ or everyone to be saved. So it's our duty to not partake in that so that they themselves can kind of see an outlet too. And you should pray for those kinds of people. Um, I'll tell you a story and I'm not ashamed of it, but this definitely helped me. You know, it helped me curtail my, my porn habits. Um, a very famous porn star, I'm sure many of you know this story, committed suicide. And... I remember days before this happened, I had, you know, was pleasuring myself to a couple of her, of her videos or self-abusing. Uh, there are a lot of different terms, but we all know what it means. And I paused and I went, wow, you know, someone being driven to suicide, that's not just like a normal thing. And so the the fantasy snapped because, you, oh, but she's having a great time and she's in love and she'll do anything for you and all that other kind of crap. It doesn't exist anymore. It's BS. And I, I prayed for the repose of her soul. And I said, listen, I, 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 I vow I'm not going to, to do this again. I'm going to work as hard as I can to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, because I feel like by my partaking in it, I'm partially responsible. I propped up the industry, which trapped her in the end. And so that has been a great motivator for me, right? I'm not a perfect man. Right. I, I, I can tell you the temporary little workarounds because, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a tinkerer. Uh, I'll tell you that Covenant Eyes is pretty good. It's pretty good. Right. There are some there are some cheat codes, but they're not very good cheat codes. Um, you know, you're, you're going to get caught. And um, and, you know, you have this urge. And so my advice is you need to live a cultivated life of prayer and you need to be ready for when the devil attacks you. The devil is always always, always trying to get your soul. And he works less hard when you're addicted to pornography. He knows he has you. He doesn't need to work as hard, right? Oh, go do this, do this. But it's funny, the moment you get off pornography, the moment that you're feeling great, the moment that you have conformed yourself back to Christ's will, those attacks are going to start and they're going to they're gonna hit hard. You're going to see an ad on YouTube, right? You're going to be uh, looking for a, for a movie on a, on a site maybe you shouldn't be looking on and an ad's going to pop up. You're going to get a message from one of those Instagram bots or Instagram thoughts. And you're gonna be you're gonna be bored at home one day, right? And you've said goodnight to your girlfriend or your wife, and maybe you want to go out and video game a little bit more. And you're gonna go, hmm, I can I can look at some of the the naughty games that are now on Steam. They exist. Uh, so you know these are all bad things, and these are all things that, that the devil is using to get your soul again.
You know that you're doing good and you're growing in virtue if the devil is really coming after you. That's what I've realized. So, you know, look, I pray for you, brothers. I know that this is the most difficult fight of your life. Uh, so many men I know don't have an addiction to food. They don't have an addiction to drink. They don't have an addiction to partying. They don't even have an addiction to women in the classical sense, right? They're not chasing tail all day because it's just easy to get your rocks off with pornography. And we don't even talk about it. And anytime we talk about it in society, it's supposed to be this good, positive thing. But when we actually step back and look at the effects, it's devastating. It's been so devastating for our individual life. It's been so devastating for our prayer life. It's been so devastating for, for the culture that we're trying to bring about. So please, 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 if you are struggling with pornography, there is no shame in asking your brother for help. There is no shame in downloading an inhibitor and being proud of it. You know, I show Jen all the time. Uh, Jen once asked me, hey, what's out on your phone? And I said, hey, I want to show you something. You know, you borrow my laptop, all this kind of stuff. All our all the Sailor Moon stills pop up on Covenant Eyes so Rudy knows when Jen's watching Sailor Moon. <laughs> and I said, look, I love you and I want to be the man that God has made me for you. And so this is what I have, right? You know, I don't, you know, I'm not going to like snap off one day and go jump in a bucket of prostitutes or go visit a sex shop. But this is something that, that I've, I've struggled with since I was a teenager and I'm done with it. Right? I, I, I'm growing to hate it and I want to free it. And maybe the final thing I'll say is there are these wonderful shirts from a wonderful organization, but the shirts say that porn kills love and a truer statement was never made. Pornography really does kill the fulfillment of intimacy. Not just physically with things like erectile dysfunction and libido, but in the psychological of depriving us of, of the purpose of, of love and sexuality and how in marriage they're fused together and divinely blessed for heaven's sake. So please, 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 if you're struggling with pornography, get covenant eyes, get something like that, get a blocker, get an accountability partner, join a good prayer group, get your spiritual life back in order, start working out. Pick up Matt Frad's book, uh, highly recommend it, and um, and pray for pray for all of us, right? Pray for your fellow brothers as we pray for you. Pray for your spouse too. I know that for a lot of guys, I'm not married yet, right? So I think in the eyes of God, I'm betrothed because betrothed is a it is a you know it is like the step on the sacrament. Jen and I can't just like split if we if we decide not to get married, but we're gonna get married. But, you know, essentially, I'm, I'm still a single man, right? I, I'm not married. I don't have children. I don't have responsibilities. I do not have a woman who's living with me. So, you know, the, the temptations differ, I know, at different stages of your life. As a young man, you have all this energy and you need to use it properly. And so what's the better way of using it than building up the kingdom of God? And it might seem like a small thing. It might seem like a, 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 an inconsequential thing. But your soul is worth way more than any of the treasures and pleasures of this world. And... We conform ourselves to Christ's will. We pray with the mantle of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, if you struggle with even just urges, I know I do. If you pray, if you pray to St. Michael or you pray to the Blessed Virgin Mary, that will make him go away so fast. And in fact, I know it because I get so mad when I do it, right? When like, you're like, oh, I want to look at porn. You have the dialogue. Well, you should pray because you know that if you pray, you're not going to want, you're not going to do it. St. <sighs> Michael, the Archangel, boom, immediately it's gone. It's it's incredible. So our Lord really does want to claim us as his own. Our lady with her intercession wants to claim us as her own. So really keep that prayer life uh, up on point. Believe me, it, it makes all the difference. So God bless you. Mary keep you. I'll see you guys on the next video. Adios.